welcome to Sugar We're Going Down Podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, I'm Joe. I am, as always, joined by Caitlin, who's the voice you just heard. I don't know why I started doing this weird sort of recap for the last 30 seconds. Um, I was going to also say, I think that this podcast is is starting to work on the whole killing us part, uh, uh-huh. because we are now both sick as hell recording this episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm coming off of being sick as hell, but I have been, mm. I have been sick and then kind of better and then sick as hell again for the past like two weeks. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I'm actually sick, because I think I sound fine, my throat is fine, but, like, the weather in Grand Rapids keeps going back and forth between, like, everything's frozen, and now it's sunny and raining, but, like, every, like, two or three days, Yuck. and it's just, like, it's it's putting my body through the ringer. Yeah, it snowed a bunch here, so then it was great, because mm. my boss was like, hey, we have a snow delay, and I was like, I'm not coming in. At all. <laughs> At all, like, not even because of the snow, I'm just dying actually Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i went to the doctor and found out that apparently i have the virus that causes hand foot and mouth disease in children oh Um, specifically children well apparently adults like i don't know if adults don't get it or like what but apparently in adults it just gives you instead of the sores and your hands and feet and mouth it only gives you the sores in your mouth Mm. but apparently i got lucky because i only have like one or maybe two as opposed to apparently a lot of people get like a ton of them Hmm. So wild i think i've gotten lucky because i feel like i i haven't experienced most sicknesses that people have had but i have broken several bones <laughs> so. oh yeah see i've only broken like one and a half bones mm-hmm. but i've gotten like every fucking illness with the exception of like the big scary ones that's that's the coin flip the the two genders <laughs> do uh, you break bones or are you fucking riddled with disease <laughs> <laughs> I am riddled with disease. Um, this is a Fallout Boy podcast, as I'm sure you've um, gathered from this conversation. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, actually, I've only broken bones on the right side of my body, and that kind of sounds like a thing Pete Wins would write about. If that, oh, that's yeah. like a I've actually only broken specific... bones on the left side of my body, so we really oh, are just like two halves yeah, of the same you, person. You complete me, Caitlin. <laughs> God. I'm not sure if that means that like I need your 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 working right half of your body or if we collectively make one broken mess. <laughs> we are collectively one shattered, disease-ridden human being. <laughs> Bad ending. <laughs> uh, so this week this week we're gonna talk about we're back to Infinity on High. I think this is the second song we've done from that record. What was the first one? Uh oh. Did, have we? I was thinking about that. I was like, "Is this the first Infinity on High song?" Because I can't remember another one. No, because we 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 started with uh, Infinity on High with our first three oh, songs. Oh, that's right. We did um, Carpal Tunnel of Love. Yeah, which I apparently remember. was like the first single. I was reading about Infinity on High today, and I read that that was like the first single they released for this. And record. yet they and never fucking perform it. Apparently, I think that's because it didn't do very well. Well, people are <laughs> fools. Wrong. Yeah, the foolish fools. I've been referring to myself as Boo Boo the Fool quite a lot lately. Um, it's just like re re entered my lexicon of, of referring to myself. Anyways, the takeover, the takes over, the takeover, <laughs> the takeover, the breaks over. As, as Pete Wentz says on a live album or some shit, the takeover, the motherfucking breaks over. Because yeah. he says naughty words, so everyone knows he's cool. <laughs> Same. 
I feel like I, I am foreseeing this episode being short because it's a good song. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like questionable bop is I feel like we can just establish that right off the bat. I don't know how que- it's a little questionable in the way that like Pete thinks highly of himself, but I don't really uh, there's get There's just like a couple of lines where I'm like, mm. Mm, this is this is weird and I don't like it. I'm curious to know what those lines are. Would you like me to tell you right now? <laughs> Go for it. As soon as I said that, I thought, oh, it's probably this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really like, wouldn't you rather be a widow than a divorcee? Oh, I think that lyric is good, but let's talk about it. It just is like a weird thing to me of like, wouldn't you rather be dead than divorce, like have your partner be dead than be divorced? And it's kind uh-huh. of like, I mean, I guess I get the sentiment of like, wouldn't you rather have had your partner die, but like stayed together than like have to call it quits. But also it's like, I would honestly rather the person probably still be alive in most yeah. cases. Uh-huh. It's um, it, it's a very stinging sentiment to take literally, but I don't in any way read it as literally. Um, yeah. although I, I definitely did when I was like a teenager or whatever, and I probably still thought it was a good lyric then. Uh, in fact, I know I did, <laughs> but my reading of this song, which, um, partially, I think the, the video complements that is mostly about people not liking their change in sound from, uh, Cork Tree to this record. Yeah. Um, and so the the lyric of wouldn't you rather be a widow than a divorcee is to me talking about like would you rather like comparing the <laughs> my notes say the um the widow divorcee dichotomy uh of <laughs> the two genders ha- the two genders having your a, a band you really like just disappear or change and you eventually have to walk away from listening to them because you don't like them anymore so I think they are talking about themselves rather than in literally talking like, hey, wouldn't you rather your partner <laughs> beef it eternally? <laughs> uh, which is like, yeah, I think it, it, it's maybe a little heavy for that metaphor. Yeah. But like the follow up line being style your wake for fashion magazines is like, I don't think I should be taking this seriously. Yeah, I don't think either. But like, I think that line also bothers me because it is the idea, I guess, of like, you should be doing it for appearances, kind of. which. I I get it. I think it's just a lot for what they're trying to say. Oh, absolutely. It kind of feels like bringing a, a shotgun to rock, paper, scissors a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. I'm like, you know, but I, I, mean, lo- that's, I love over that... the top bullshit, but also uh-huh. like sometimes a little restraint is okay. Uh-huh. This is this is in no way me defending Pete, but that's exactly how Pete fucking do his thing. I know. I just feel like there's moments where it's done better. Like even in this song, I feel like there's so many like mm-hmm. better like like the I'm boring but overcompensate with headlines and flash photography. Like that's a really fucking good line and like comes in like and relates to like if we're reading it as like them in relation to their fans. Like one hundo, that's a good fucking line. Um, there was another one. Like the they said, like the people will dissect us. Like the whole verse two, that's all really good. That's a direct call out post to us, actually. It is, yeah. the The lyric we're talking about is "people will dissect us till this doesn't mean a thing anymore." Which also, I do think they were under. I think I think they were feeling a lot of criticism in this. Yeah, this time well, and period I think it is. Career. 
Well, and I think it's less like, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, we are dissecting it, but I feel like we find more meaning in it than less. But yeah. um, I, I do think... We just don't always like the meaning. Yeah, no, for sure. I think this is more of like a... Like, people will dissect us, the band, and, like, probably our sound and stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, our changing until it doesn't mean anything anymore, as opposed to, like, yeah. actual real criticism. Because especially because I remember during this time period, like, I was, like, just getting into Fall Out Boy, and people were, like, criticizing this album, and I was like, I really like this album. Yeah, it's 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 an incredible record, Infinity. Yeah, no, and so I remember, like, during that time period, so many people were like, this album fucking sucks, and I was like... But like, all wrong. but like, why? And like, there there was no like real criticism of it other than it's not Cork Tree. Or or yeah, um, I feel like there probably was a similar sentiment of Cork Tree being a little bit different than, or con- considerably different, I would say, than Take This to Your Grave. Yeah, and see, I don't remember that as much because like Cork Tree was the album that I came super late to. I got into them during the hiatus, so I had like <laughs> no context and. Then I got really into the the first four records before Save Rock and Roll dropped. So Fall Out Boy has never really stayed the same. That's kind of um, yeah. I mean, uh, they're, they're pretty consistently different. I guess the thing with like Take This to Your Grave or well, Evening Out with Your Girlfriend and Take This to Your Grave sound pretty similar. And then oh sure, like the, the early can, years. And then I think you can see the connective tissue between Take This to Your Grave and Cork Tree. But yeah, it's mainly just a slightly more cleaned up there's yeah it just and, sounds and nicer more, more experimental songwriting not like experiment on the way well, that i would I, usually use I the word a little but bit more like trying to appeal to mainstream pop a little bit more yeah um and and, and infinity on high feels like doing that but like they really know how they want to do it yeah well and i think playing with some like 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 we've talked about before like some very like dark and sad themes in a new way yeah. than they had before mm-hmm yeah, uh, Cork Tree and Infinity and High definitely feel like f- f- Cork Tree feels like them trying that stuff out, mm-hmm. and then Infinity on High feels like mastering it, but with like other changes on top of it. Yeah, for sure. I think they're just like finding their footing a little bit better on it. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This this song for me feels a lot like them talking about that and talking about sort of how they exist as, as people underneath. All of this other shit. Um, the first line in the song is, is uh, "Baby seasons change, but people don't," um, and that feels like even if like what they make changes, it's like it's still Fallout Boy. And this this is a thing we've talked about on the show before. Like it's still Fallout Boy. It is still the same four dudes making songs together, even if like their relationships change and the energies and sounds change. Yeah, well, and it's also, that's kind of a dire statement, too, honestly, of just seasons oh, yeah, like, change, but people don't, and it's like, okay. Clear, clearly, that's, I wouldn't say people don't change, but I, I think I there, mean, there I, is... I, I get the point, but also it's like, mm-hmm. damn Pete, all right. I go back and forth between letting Pete get away with things of, like, I know what he means... And it doesn't bother me, and sometimes it does, and sometimes yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I think this bothers me less because, like, ultimately, I don't think that's a damaging thing to say, especially for like the sake of your art or whatever. Yeah, I think if he said that in a song that was primarily about an ex of his, I would be critical. With him yeah. talking about himself and his relationship with fame, mm-hmm. it's it's a little. I like it's like a different pair of glasses I got to put on. 
Yeah. Well, and it just like also, I mean, even with a, even in like, even in a song about an ex, I think I could find this forgivable just because it's not necessarily like, because I think there's a reading of this song where it is about an ex. I mean, it's not like we Mm -hmm. know, like, you know, through fucking the powers that be that it is a song about like their relationship with fame and stuff. But I think like there's a reading of it where it is about an ex. Oh, but, sure. I mean, it is it is a Fall Out Boy song. Yeah, but I think that, like, Seasons Change But People Don't, in the context that it's in, is still kind of self-referential. Mm-hmm. Um, or well, at least, oh, yeah, like, like or, or even, like, I feel like saying Seasons Change But People Don't and I'll Always Be Waiting in the Back Room is kind of, like, an understandable relationship feel in mm-hmm. a way that's not gross. It's more of just, like, you know, like, when you have, like, someone who feels kind of inevitable, like... Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you can be there and Y'all remember also, last week's episode? <laughs> <laughs> but also I feel like it's kind of like it, it almost sounds like a like you protest too much kind of deal. Mm. Where it's like if you were reading this as an ex, at least for me, like I feel like I like my reading would be like, oh, so like Pete's the one who doesn't change and is gonna keep waiting whether this person comes back or not. Uh-huh. Which is a sentiment. <laughs> yeah, and that feels less like, that feels more of, like, a self-read than, like, a being shitty to someone else. Yeah. I, 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 that's a coin flip for me, I think, um, depending on just, the, just like, that couplet together being analyzed under that lens. The rest of the verse after that is, I'm boring but overcompensate with headlines and flash, 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 photography, which I think really nails uh, in the, the, the fact that it is, is about, like, them, like, I'm boring but overcompensate with uh, the the hut hut hype media blitz. I think is just <laughs> like we're still like there's there's still people underneath uh, the the growing fame and the like higher budget music videos, better production, yeah, like all of that stuff. There's still Fall Out Boy underneath it, which I think this. I don't know if that's true after the hiatus, personally. Um, mm-hmm. like obviously they are still the same four dudes. I don't think like fucking a Paul McCartney conspiracy theory happened with, uh, Patrick or anything. Uh, but that was a joke. I hope that came across, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, obviously like you, when you are in that for so long, you will eventually end up having considerably different perspectives on like every, everything. Like that's just a unfortunate side effect of oh i haven't worried about money in 10 years you're probably going to have a, a little bit of a different out uh, uh outlook or perspective than a 20 year old that uh grew up in chicago and helped people get their fake ids back after they got <laughs> stolen on the metro which is a real story <laughs> so <laughs> okay uh, cool <laughs> But all that to be said, um, I think it is very true at this point in their in their career that um, those ideas and I think like the video, obviously, I think speaks to um, that reading as well. Yeah, the video is is the weirdest thing because it simultaneously I love like the video. so hardcore cements like exactly what the song is talking about, like for mm-hmm. once, but also is just like so bizarre. It's it's something. We'll 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 get to it um after we wrap up these lyrics, which we've almost talked about all of them uh, and we i have, don't know i have I literally have no idea how to read the second half of the song uh what which where where are we calling half uh on genius.com please sponsor us um it starts as the outro um which i guess i would have read as 
more of the actual chorus and everything else being pre-choruses, but the way the song is structured, that might actually not be what's intended. Um, it doesn't matter. But uh, we do it in the dark with smiles on our faces. We're trapped in well concealed in secret places. We Uh, ad infinitum, um, and we don't fight fair is occasionally sung as well. Um, I do love the annotation of this, um, mainly that it's got this like deep reading about how fans interact with the music, and then like the comment on it just says, "I thought these lines were about sex." <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> it's it's really good. It kind of feels like I can't remember which song we talked about, but it kind of feels like that same feeling of like they kind of lose steam right at the end. It's, and it's, so they just kind of like did the thing. <laughs> it, and I, I know what you mean when you say that, because it's we're talking about like um, the lyrics really driving home this idea with um, a, a combat. Like with when we come at Pete, it's usually a combination of is this interesting? Is this well done? And is it um, is there enough clarity? And I like obviously that clarity gets lost and they just repeat a bunch of stuff. And sonically, it fucking rules. I love listening to the song. This is like probably top 10 follow boy songs for me mm -hmm. it's 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 a bop 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 but yes i think i think putting the the lyrics under a microscope it does feel like now we're just doing this for the last third of the song yeah it really just kind of especially because like this is the part of the song that i feel like kind of goes least well with like the theme mm -hmm. like I, I i get i think i get the point of like at least we're trapped and well concealed in secret places is kind of like, I guess, to me, the idea of like, you know, we're making our thing and like doing our stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and it's behind the scenes. But we're yeah, also kind of trapped there because like the outside world is like not a fan of us currently. Uh huh. Behind the curtain, the prestige. It all makes sense. It also <laughs> reminds me now that I'm like scrolling back and forth up this page, the, the trapped and well concealed in secret places might be meaning the same sentiment as I'll always be waiting in the back room. Um, as the, the the second line, like we're you know we're still here, we're still doing this stuff back here, and we're happy to do it. Like we we do it in the dark with smiles on our faces. Um, I don't know really how to read. We don't fight fair into it. I'm sure they meant something. Uh, and that being paired at the end with "Don't pretend you ever forgot about me," which is uh, a lyric we haven't really mentioned, but it's pretty easy to to read that as like you know we're still good right <laughs> like <laughs> you hear this shit right <laughs> yeah well and too just like the it, i feel like it's pretty obvious that it's you know the even if you don't like what we're doing now you, like you can't pretend like you don't remember what we used to do yeah like you 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 still have like vivid memories of of like making out with somebody to to saturday or whatever like that's not going anywhere <laughs> I'm reading the notes on the the production and the the guitar solo was done by two different people, uh, but notably Ryan Ross, the former Panic at the Disco boy. Oh, and the other the other uh, solo guitarist that is featured is uh, Chad Gilbert from Newfound Glory. Oh, weird. But yeah, I think that's that's pretty much my takes on the song by itself. It's it's fucking real good. It's not the opener of the record. Um, it could be, it but like the, be, yeah. the 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 one two punch of Thriller and this is like so fucking good. 
it's 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 rare when I find a record with a really good like w- like one two punch. Like it's it's either like oh there's a really good opener or like somewhere in the record there's a really good like power trio of just three songs that just like front to back are really good. Um, at least in like typical pop ish songwriting, obviously there's um within like other genres of of punk and I'm I'm even tempted to say ska. Uh, there's like a shit ton of like really short songs that uh flow together really well but like the one-two punch of, of thriller and the takeover that breaks over is like real good but yes yes let us talk now about the video for the song the takeover the motherfucking breaks over it's it's all in a dog's dream let's get that out of the way <laughs> yeah it's in pete wentz's bulldog's dream uh-huh and who who is named Hemingway, apparently. Because of fucking course he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course it is. <gasps> yeah, but Hemingway the dog is having a dream. So uh, you had some some takes on this video. Uh, I, I heard you have before our recording. And I'm curious what those takes are. To give me give me your, your, your raw feelings. Raw uh... like the steak that uh, Patrick <laughs> that Patrick says. is fucking dressed as. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like... <sighs> It's fine. I mean, like, I think it's, it's like, shot really well. Like, I like the way the video looks. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't really, like, get the framing of it being the dog's dream. Like, I don't know why the dog is so well-informed on, like, Fall Out Boy's PR situation. Especially <laughs> well, to... <laughs> it makes you question the relationship Pete Wentz has with his dog. Yeah. Although, I live alone. I have two cats. And I regularly speak to them. So I guess I mean I, could I talk see to my Pete. dogs, but I don't tell them about like the trials and tribulations of my entire like career. But Pete Wince would <laughs> is what I'm yeah. saying. Well, it's also weird because like the dog is like clearly intimately familiar with all of their discography because there's Up like as point, yes. yeah like all as the video starts and it's like so Hemingway is like sleeping on Pete Wentz's chest and then they zoom into his weird dog eye and then it Why like it goes gotta be weird I don't know it just looks weird <laughs> it looks it's, it's weird like, in the video the dog has like a Jimmy Neutron brain blast yeah I was just about to say that and like as you're looking at his brain cells firing you're like hearing different previous fallout boy songs yeah, and I think then, notably singles is is what's in yeah, there. and then and then it's the dream, and like I like I I get in practice like it's a dream, so a bunch of weird shit is happening, and it's like a dog, so it's a bunch of dog tropes, like there's fire hydrants, and like bones and weird, like a breakdancing mailman for some reason. Uh-huh. Yeah, just like um anything a dog would would love. Or, or just would bring a dog joy stereotypically. So there's there yeah the fire hydrants the mailman that does start break dancing. I don't quite understand the fascination with cats in this video. Like yeah. I that's not a thing that I think of dogs being real horny for. But this video seems to presume that well, Hemingway the dog is, is real yeah, horny that, for cats. That's, that that's the thing that freaks me out about this a lot. Like that was the point where I started getting actually kind of uncomfortable with the video. It was like it was a trope and like a cartoon thing that cats. And dogs don't like each other, and that like dogs chase cats. But the cats mm. in this video are literally just like sexy women. Uh huh. And like, well, there's already uh, weird stuff with like cats being associated with women and being like, yeah, that's, weirdly that's, sexualized. Mm. And then that, it I don't make know sense. where that comes from. I don't either. I don't know. I have no idea, but it's weird. And then on top of that, like, it's not like Hemingway, like, 
chases them really or like does anything that like you would associate dogs doing with cats it's just like they're just like kind of i guess like teasing him and then like like in like a in the like in the like poking fun at him way not in the like sexy way although kind of that too i don't know it's yeah, it's, it's, it's de- i would say it's in the sexy way that the way that it's, they're dancing and i want to so i want to be clear i'm very pro furry and I don't, but this is a compl- this is a different thing. This is a very different thing. This is not furry. This is like weird. Like maybe someone, like, maybe maybe some furries started here. And I'm, as maybe, I'm sure a lot of, I feel like most furries started from anthropomorphic fucking animals in Disney films, or Lola Bunny and Space Jam. Mm, true, but yeah, this isn't like furry shit. This is like fucking sexy cats on Halloween. Yes, yes, it's very much that, and that's and that's like. It's weird why? and it, it unnerves me because I mm-hmm. don't really understand why it's relevant other than just like, hey, we wanted to have hot girls in this video. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched the video in a while and you don't maybe don't remember um, and maybe, maybe you haven't yet paused this episode to go watch it or something, I want to be clear that the cat girl dancing is at first prefaced by Patrick wearing a big cat head and... The fedora yeah. is on top of the cat head. So that's the first that's the first instance. Um and then that is followed up then by sexy cat girls dancing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and then and then later Patrick is in like a meat just wearing suit. a big T-bone steak. Not meat suit like in the Lady Gaga way, just like a big literal Which I like, wish. I wish it was that, just like yeah. a Lady Gaga meat suit, but it's not. Fucking ahead of their time. But yeah, my reading of this video, I don't know why it's done through the lens of the dog or whatever. Um, probably just because it's uh funny, but well, because that's uh, it's... the thing. That's the thing that's like weird about the video is like at the end, it's all of a sudden all these people like protesting Fallout Boy mm-hmm. and like calling them Sellout Boy and stuff, which I was like, they, okay, nice. They own. change. There's um, oh man, there's a shot as that's happening. I wrote on a timestamp of it. It's exactly at like two minutes forty three seconds into the video that they're all yelling, and then the camera turns to to Patrick. And he gets this, like, awkward smile, and, like, my gay heart breaks in that moment. Like, <laughs> and it's just because it's like, oh, my God, dude, like, they, they actually, like, they, this is how they felt, it seems. Like, that seems yeah. really real. Although, like, that, like, Patrick has uh, that awkward smile. Joe makes a, a Joe Troman face, so I don't know if he ever has uh, been emotionally invested in anything. Yeah, I don't know if Joe Troman has, like, feelings. He does. I think he's, like, I, w- I was talking to my friend Carly about this. The, the two different types of nihilism where you're like, uh, nothing matters and I'm really sad. And it's hard to be motivated. And then like, nothing matters. Who gives a shit? I'm <laughs> do whatever I fucking want. That second, that optimistic nihilism is like Joe Troman. Uh, that's his whole motto. That's how I strive to be also, but, mm-hmm. um, it's hard. My, my face <laughs> is unfortunately more expressive than his, but like then the dog fucking makes a speech mm-hmm. about how like everybody changes and he's like, I too have changed for once. I was small and now <laughs> I am large. And I was like, what? Me and, too. And then, I relate to you, Hemingway. And, and then all these people are like shrug emoticon. Guess that makes sense. And then they just leave. And then Pete is like. I didn't know you can talk. And then the dog is like, shut the fuck up, bitch. This is my dream. I don't give a shit about you. And it was like, and damn, okay. I'll be I'll be honest. That's all very sound dream logic. It's just funny to me that he goes from like passionately defending them to being like, shut the fuck up, Pete. This is my dream. <laughs> fuck you. 
He's defending Patrick and, and the other boys. He does not care about Pete. And then, yeah, and then it's just over. He, he just, like, wakes up, and he's still spooning with Pete, and then he's like, peace, and he leaves. <laughs> and that's just it. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I think the last thing that happens is actually, like, Pete falls down um, in front of the camera, and then, like, that is when uh, uh, the dog shakes awake and leaves. Um, my, my reading of this video, which is obviously cemented by that back third of, of the, the angry crowd of, of teens, is just people, like, obviously it's about how they felt looked at, um, and how people felt like, oh, they changed, even if they, as four dudes who hung out and made music together, didn't feel like they really changed, um, even if they attempted new sounds. And I don't remember now what lyric annotation I was reading. Um, I think it's actually... Uh, people will dissect us and the annotation talks a little bit how um people will dissect their lyrics and apply their own meaning um until like the fallout boy part is irrelevant which is like not i mean entirely... hi welcome to art yeah and, and it's funny because that annotation makes a joke too it's like who would want to do that annotating lyrics and stuff right uh and thank you for for being on the same page as us when uh however many years ago this annotation was made but it, it's i think the that sort of informed my reading of the music video as just people will see them as whatever they want to see them as, which we've talked a little bit about um, how personal reading is kind of what completes the, the music process and like how quickly we can attach our feelings to a song. We talked about that last week, actually with Miss Missing You. And I remember being in high school. No, Yes, it was. No, it was definitely middle school. Um, I had an art teacher. Uh, the way that one of the things that I, for some reason, has really stuck with me is like art is completed when it is observed because that personal aspect from the viewer um, is like vital to making any connection. And sometimes I think that's true. And sometimes I think it's it's a gray area because I don't like it's like art doesn't exist in a vacuum, but also like. And, and a, a fair reading doesn't make it not bad if there's bad intent. You know what I mean? Um, I've talked a lot on on my other shows about like uh, specifically One Piece. It's like, oh, I have a positive reading about this re-gender. But like, I know that uh, Oda is transphobic when he writes queer characters in One Piece. Even if like he's so bad at it that it allows me to have a favorable reading. Yeah, well, and I mean, I think... This is, like, a conversation about, like, impact versus intent, right? Sure. To a degree. And, I mean, I think it's hard in art. And it's kind of a death of the author thing, too. Like, uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's very similar to that conversation that we had for a long like, time. It's, but, I mean, like, when it comes down to it, like, when I took my, like, creative writing class in college, which was a nightmare because I was a senior with a bunch of freshmen and it was horrible. Um, But my teacher, like, asked, like, what's the, like, what makes someone a professional writer? And I was like, well, I mean, like, not to be that shit lord, but, like, you know, you're getting paid to do it. That's, like, literally what being a professional at anything means is, like, you get paid for it. And um, she was like, I mean, yeah, basically. And the whole thing with this is like when you are paid to make music and put it out for an audience who consumes it, like they're going to ascribe meaning to it. Like that's how it works. That's yes. how like people work. Mm -hmm. And two, like, especially when you're as unfucking clear as Pete Wentz, people kind of got to throw their own shit at the wall because he fucking doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I think Pete Wentz is, is a good lyricist. I will say that up front. 
I think I enjoy Fallout Boy. Yes, I can, think can, he can be a good. I, I would say there is there is more uh, hits for me than misses. Um, even if this show hasn't been representative of that, uh, I just feel like as we go on, I'm I'm finding less hits. But sure, sure, I th- he he definitely, if nothing else, has his moments. Yes, and what what's interesting about that is I think sometimes Pete writes knowing that, like he he exp- like he writes vague enough to fill in the gaps, even if he's writing from personal experience with like. I know he's thrown out some like weirdly specific details and songs, and that's not uh, uncommon, especially in pop punk. That's like a, a very common thing in pop punk is to be like this specific date and this amount of money that I spent like that's and I'm here for it. But <laughs> also coming back around to uh, does it does it matter what we're saying if people are going to just see what they want to see? And like, that's obviously like a a feeling of of. I'm exaggerating to say persecution, but that's probably how they felt uh, with how people are viewing them um, and what they're doing, even if they're not paying attention to what they're actually doing, because their their sounds are changing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I take issue, not with your reading, I think your reading is probably correct, but I just take issue with the sentiment overall, because like, again, like, that's how art works. Yeah, like it's, when it's you like... put things out, like I mean, which again, like I don't subscribe to like if you never if you make art but never release it to the public, like it's still art. Like I'm a hundred percent like on that. Yeah, boat. Art, but, like, for art, art for the sake of the self is still art. Well, yeah, like absolutely. But if you put your art out to an audience, like that's what's gonna happen. And like it doesn't mean that what you were trying to mean is it meaningful or important. But like you can't mm-hmm. expect like because it's again it's like that whole you know, separating art from artist thing and, like, how you can't do it. You also mm-hmm. can't separate, like, the audience from art. And, like, you can't separate, like, people's experiences from how they relate to things. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, like, I'm probably not going to have the same reading of Pete Wentz's shit that Pete Wentz intended because I'm not fucking Pete Wentz. Like... Yes, absolutely. And no one is. No one will be Pete Wentz except for Pete Wentz. And I think I think he's written songs about struggling with that before. It's just, like... and it, And it's interesting to have an artist I was going to say really show their whole ass, which also he has done. Um, not <laughs> oh, just yeah. because, not just because there are nudes of him in circulation, but just because like literally he has written songs about that. Like, yeah. One plus like some of his interviews, I'm like, oof, this is not, yeah. <laughs> you should not be saying this. He, he got famous a little too young. What are you going to do? Like that's, that's the Pete Wentz we have is the Pete Wentz who has been through those experiences. So I'm, like, way more angry about this than I realized. <laughs> That's just, like, the fucking... Uh, there's always that plot twist in, in episodes of this show. Where, like... Here it is. I'm we, so pissed off about this, actually. <laughs> where we just talk about a thing, and then, like, once we find our groove of a conversation, you find yourself worked up. And it's like, actually, I hate this. Actually, I'm furious. Um, yeah. This is that moment absolutely for me where i'm like shut the fuck up pete like i get like it's and it's i feel like it's totally valid to be like an artist who like is trying to do new things and experiment and then have people be like no fuck you we want you to stay the same i totally could see Mm -hmm. how that would feel like stifling and like sad and frustrating but to then be like people are consuming our work and interpreting it it's like and that's a bad thing it's like fuck you it's it's weird because like it's not like they were called out for legitimate criticisms and then they are like, well, you know, we're just gonna stick stick to our guns and do what we're happy doing. It's it's like they 
felt, you know, dis disliked or, or disowned because their sound changed. And like it caused this weird thing where like, well, we'll double the fuck down then <laughs> and get well, spiteful like, about it. Like I could even respect that part of it. The thing that is really, really just like so frustrating to me is that people will dissect us till it doesn't mean a thing anymore. Cause it's like, no bitch. Like when people dissect you, they're finding their own meaning. Like, yeah, absolutely. It, just because it's not your meaning. I think, I think I've talked about this specific thing before on this show where someone was like, Oh, if you're, you have all these criticisms of the fallout boy, why do you, make a show where you talk about them every week it's like because i fucking love them like yeah <laughs> uh one i think it's important to reanalyze uh, f uh fundamental texts of of the youth things you grew up with go back and be like oh man maybe i can learn a lot from <laughs> ah this thing i grew up with was problematic uh or just in general like dig digging deep into things like you care about it's just like super satisfying and i i think the the fact that you know we've done this show for I don't know, like two, three months now. And I, I, I still consider myself a follow up boy fan. I still listen to these songs that, that deep reading is like good. It, it comes from, um, enjoying the, the media. Like you should be able to like take the things that you like and be like, huh, I like this thing. There are bad things about this thing. Hmm. Let me investigate that and see if I can kind of like piece through my own shit to figure out like why i like it and if it's okay that mm -hmm. i like it still and like where that line is like finding those kind of boundaries and like ideas about things and you know seeing like you were saying like where you came from and like you know like where you're going i think is like mm -hmm. pretty key and like the stuff that we love doesn't define us but it is like pretty like a pretty big part of us yeah and it's hard to pretend you're not influenced by what you consume like media or art or otherwise i there's a there's an image that comes to mind of garfield's face that says you are not immune to propaganda um <laughs> and i think about it a lot and it's always true we live in a society we sure fucking do joe i one of these days we're gonna roll young and menace and i'm gonna get real into this topic but until then i think that's all we have to to say about the takeover the breaks over yeah i think we did it we did it I don't think it's that questionable. I th I would just say that this song bops. And that I think is... now it's questionable because I'm furious, but... Sure, yeah. I went from, like, my questionable critique being, like, kind of eh, to now to I'm, like... like to, like, I'm, really like, bugging you. To, like, uh, about, like, an entirely different lyric is just now I'm fucking furious. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the show. Um, Caitlin, where could our lovely listeners find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at CGN8Rs on Twitter.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. This show is hosted on the Orange Groves Network. Uh, you can find other shows on the network and support the network at theorangegroves.com. Uh, oh, also, um, our pairing playlist. Every week, I pair a non-Fallout Boy song to the Fallout Boy song of the week. Um, this week I did Your Town is a Time Capsule by Graduating Life. It's a very, it's a song about a very different kind of, of changing, but Graduating Life fucking shreds. And I will take any opportunity I can to tell people to listen to them. So that's going to be there. You can find the link to that Spotify playlist in the show notes or description of the episode. Um, but yeah, I do think that is, that is it for us. So Caitlin. Yes, Joe. Is this more than you bargained for yet? It ended up being. <laughs> Plot twist.
I was not prepared. <laughs> well, goodbye, everybody. Bye. My name is Joe. And I'm Jory. And we are watching One Piece. That's it. That's the podcast. Yep. Uh, so we talk about the anime called One Piece uh, about once a month. It takes a while to watch One Piece, but I'm currently caught up with the show. I just started it. So you can join us while we talk about loving the rubber boy, vaping Sanji, our son Chopper, and his murder mom Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and their loving nicknames to be decided as we go along. You can find us on iTunes or your app of choice. And until you tune in, to be continued.